On Sunday evening, Argentina went to the polls for the first round of its presidential election, putting Economy Minister Sergio Massa in first place with around 36% of the vote, a shock result considering the struggles of the current government and its chaotic economic policy, of which Massa answers for. But waiting in the wings is madcap far-right libertarian economist Javier Milei, who won the primary vote in August and will now face off against Massa in November's winner-takes-all runoff. From a Brazilian perspective, a Massa victory could well mean business as usual. President Lula has a good working relationship with his current Argentinian counterpart, Alberto Fernandes, and we could expect that to continue were his economy minister to succeed him. But the Peronist candidate will have to please mainstream right-wing voters in order to get him over the finish line, and his desire to distance himself from controversial Vice President Cristina Kirchner is no easy task. Millet, on the other hand, already comes from the far right and could well be the natural voice for voters of Patricia Bullrich, who finished in third on Sunday with around 24% of the vote. The far right candidate has already been on Argentinian television talking about his wish to offer Bullrich the security ministry in exchange for her endorsement. And if Millet were to win, his government is bound to be anything but business as usual. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of The Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. If you like Explaining Brazil, you should subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We're an independent organization funded by subscribers, and you can help us stay independent and continue to produce award-winning journalism. And if you are already a subscriber, you can go the extra mile and join our Buy Me A Coffee fan page. In return, you get exclusive perks like special newsletters, behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here on our podcast. Today I'd like to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members, Gabriel Luca, Andre Novoseltsev, Tom Nolan, Marta Martins, Pan Ludwig, Leslie Seal, Caroline Hubert, Mark Hillary, John Thomas III, Luis Hens, Erwin Menez, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Kars Vresvik, Alasdair Townsend, Peter Abrahamson, Jim Oofadeju, Marco Fryer, Miller Renacido, David Dixon, José Rosi Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Jordan Iftar, Tanika Thompson, Anderson da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffering, Anna Lund, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. And our Buy Me A Coffee members come from all over the world, so please, if we're butchering the pronunciation of your name, do send us an email. And if you too believe in the importance of independent journalism and want to hear your name on our podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report and subscribe to one of the membership tiers. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report to learn more. Música 
to break down the inherent risks a Malay victory in Argentina could pose to Brazil and South America, we went to the professionals and spoke to Marina Pera from Consultancy Contra Risks. The far-right libertarian economist Javier Milei finished the country's first-round presidential election on Sunday in second, with nearly 30% of the vote. He promised to dollarize the economy, close Argentina's central bank, and break relations with Latin American countries, and also with China. Is any of that doable? No, not all of this is doable. Um, Millet promised to dollarize the economy as a solution to Argentina's dire um, economic situation. And this seduced a lot of Argentines because um, they saw in the dollarization a lasting solution for a chronic problem. And there is a misunderstanding among some groups that this dollarization would mean that people would start earning in dollars. So this false idea between um, dollarizing the economy and having convertibility um, against the peso. Um, so the dollarization is not doable, at least in the first year of administration, as some economists point out, um, because Argentina does not have the dollars that it takes for a dollarization. Um, and there is also a matter of whether the dollarization would be constitutional or not. This is not a consensus in Argentina, but a lot of um, experts have been saying that it would need not only Congress approval for this constitutional amendment, um, but the problem would likely escalate to the Supreme Court. And when it reaches the Supreme Court is very unlikely to pass. Um, so the dollarization, even though it's Millet's flagship proposal and um, it was the most um, heard word <laughs> throughout the electoral race, is not very doable, at least in the first year. And we actually saw a lot of Millet's um, economic advisors um, revisiting some of the terms of this proposal and saying that, you know, if Argentina didn't have the necessary conditions to dollarize, it wouldn't dollarize and it could take as long as 16 months to dollarize. That's what some of the um, economic advisors said. Um, in an attempt also to calm down markets that have been wary about this um, this potential dollarization of the economy, um, it's one reason that explains the currency run that we saw over the past two weeks. People are uncertain whether they will um, have dollars or peso in the future, so they prefer to buy dollars now, and this creates an imbalance in the economy as well. So a lot of uncertainty and not all market players are on board with that. So the dollarization is not um, doable. Um, in terms of other proposals like breaking relations with Latin American countries or even China, as Millet said, this is also not doable. We can see that we can expect that Argentina will likely be um, more isolated in terms of foreign policy, international relations. Um, but it will remain mostly pragmatic um, because basically Argentina is not in a position to break relations um, with 
trade partners. Um, it has to um, keep its commercial ties intact or even deepen them if it wants to bring in um, dollars, which is what Argentina's economy needs right now. Um, so we don't expect a lot of um, diplomatic ties or deepening um, political alliances in Latin America. We expect if Milley really wins uh, mostly isolated Argentina that has diplomatic ties with um, countries with which it has uh, ideological affinity, but not breaking relations. And the same goes for other proposals like the vouchers for education and health systems. Um, this would need provincial approval, so provincial authorities would have to be on board with that, and they are not. Um, so some of his proposals would be blocked either by government, um, provincial government authorities or by Congress. We can expect um, some dilution of these uh, most radical proposals. Argentina is still Brazil's third largest trading partner. Despite their crisis, trade between the two countries has been recovering. It went from a surplus of 2.2 billion in 2022 to 4.5 billion dollars in the first nine months of this year. What types of risks, in your opinion, does a melee victory bring to this bilateral relationship? Um, yeah, so Argentina and Brazil are um, mutually very important for each other in terms of trade, and it will likely remain so. So over the past decade, we have seen um, this balance kind of um reducing a little bit. So trade between Argentina and Brazil has been reducing for other reasons that are not really political. So it doesn't really depend on the sitting president or the current government. Um, so even though Millet will likely have, if he wins, will likely have a difficult relationship with Lula in terms of diplomacy and politics, it will not have um, a difficult relationship relationship in terms of trade. Um, the Lula administration is very pragmatic and the Millet administration would not be in a position to deny any um, exports from uh, Argentina to Brazil and, on, um, and vice versa. So we don't expect a risk in terms of commercial um, ties. We only expect difficulties in terms of um, in terms of politics. So um, Lula has been positioning himself as a leadership in the region and in the global south, and Millet is likely to question that or not embark on all of Lula's um, initiatives. That, from a, a diplomatic point of view, but. Um, Argentina needs to export to Brazil and at the same time it needs to import because they have um, preferential conditions because of Mercosul. Um, so like we saw with Fernandes and Bolsonaro, they were also not um, the best of friends, but still the relationship between the commercial relationship between Brazil and Argentina um, remains strong. And as you said, it even recovered in 2022. So this will likely remain the same pragmatic relations um, for the economy and difficult relations in terms of diplomacy. Um, Millet has already said that the environmental agenda will not be a 
priority in his government. If he is elected, um, so the 2030 agenda, for example, Argentina would not be a part of that, as he says. Um, whether he would actually do that or not is still uncertain, but we can expect um, the Malay government not prioritizing environmental issues like the Lula administration has been doing, for instance. Um, so we don't see harmony between Brazil and Argentina in that front. Um, but as I said, Argentina will, will be mostly isolated in the international arena. And Brazil, regardless of that, will continue to um, carry out its its um, environmental agenda and this um, leadership role um, for the Global South, regardless of Argentina. Um, we won't see the integrity, um, sorry, the integration um, between Latin American countries um, really deepening during Malay's um, government. Argentina is an important country in South America, um, but regardless of Argentina, integration in Latin America has always been an issue and presidents have not been able to fully institutionalize um, this integration or um, get many, you know, um, trade or economic um, agreements from it. So it's an issue that precedes Millet and that will persist regardless of who um, the next Argentine president will be. And what about Mercosur, the trade alliance that includes not only Brazil and Argentina, but also Uruguay and Paraguay and perhaps Bolivia soon? Yes, it's as people say, Mercosul has been in crisis since its creation in the 90s. <laughs> Mercosul is very political, so um, it really depends on the sitting government in the sense that if the government um, wants to prioritize Mercosul, then it can move on with some um, initiatives. But if it doesn't, it won't, it would get to a gridlock sort of situation. And that's what we have been seeing over the past few years. Um, presidents in the region that are don't share um, ideology, the same ideological position, for instance, that don't have the same political agenda, then Mercosul is in, in a stalemate. Um, sort of situation. Um, this would be, if Millet is elected, this would be the first pre president in Argentina since the creation of Mercosul that would be openly hostile to Mercosul. That's something new um, for Argentina, but still we don't expect drastic um, positions from Millet. So even though he said he would um, take Argentina out of Mercosul or even he's, he talked about eliminating Mercosul, that's something that wouldn't happen because he would need Congress approval and presidents cannot really um, end Mercosul like he, like he said. And he doesn't need any more controversi controversial um rhetoric right now um, in the second um, ahead of the second round the runoff vote he needs to refrain from all of these controversial matters so he won't talk about leaving Mercosul for instance and that's something his advisors also um, said that he won't do so we will see Millet toning down his aggressive rhetoric ahead of the election to increase his electoral prospects if he really wins we'll have to see how he will behave in terms of um, 
the diplomatic relationships in the region and about Mercosur, but I don't see um, the possibility of Argentina leaving Mercosur. What I see is more of a stalemate situation in which Mercosur finds difficulties in advancing in any agenda, um, either trade agreements with other countries or um, even um, liberalizing um, the bloc, as a lot of presidents have been talking about. So from what you're telling me, if none of Millet's promises are feasible, or if they are, they'll take a long, long time to be implemented, does this mean that Argentina has some lost years ahead? I mean, could something like what happened in Brazil with Bolsonaro happen in Argentina too? Like, with areas such as the environment and education being dismantled? Yes, um, Millet, his leadership style is not clear. It's still uncertain who Millet as a president will be. Um, as a federal congressman, he didn't do much. He didn't advance much on his agenda. He has a very strong presence in social media among young people, but he didn't get any of his bills approved. Um, so we don't know for sure how he would have the political support, um, either from governors, from Congress, um, from unions, which are very important in Argentina, to actually move forward with his agenda. We also don't know if he would be more moderate once in, in power um, to try to build those alliances or if he would um, not concede to any of these groups and still have this aggressive rhetoric. So we don't know for sure. It's still unclear, um, but we can um, see a future for Argentina very complicated in terms of the economy. It's not um, as simple as just dollarizing the economy. So 2024 particularly would be a very hard year for Argentina. Inflation will likely remain high. Um, the currency will still be very um, imbalanced. We'll see currency runs, um, virtually no foreign exchange reserves, and this chronic um, issue with the public debt. So all of this will likely persist in 2024. Um, and also in terms of social anxiety, we see Argentines expecting um, swift changes, but with limited social costs. Um, poverty is around 40%, um, and we can expect more unemployment as a result of, um, you know, this very complicated um, economic situation. And this social anxiety will likely lead to protests. Um, so we see civil unrest risks increasing under Millet's um, administration, um, precisely because he um, doesn't have the, the support of, or the alliances with trade unions that will likely react to some of his um, proposals to cut government spending or cutting um, subsidies and social programs. Um, so Argentina's outlook is grim right now, um, not very positive, um, especially for 2024 as uncertainty, political uncertainty, and also policy volatility persists. Um, and in terms of environmental agenda, we have to say that um, it wouldn't be Millet who would dismantle that. Over the past few years, we have seen um, Argentina 
refraining from some bold um, environmental commitments um, precisely because it needs export dollars and it has a lot of the country has a lot of um, natural resources so um, it depends on the oil and gas um, exports for instance in in vaca muerta so it, it the environmental agenda took the back seat under um, Fernandez administration and this will likely remain the same um, and as we have been saying, a very isolated Argentina in foreign relations. Um, so basically a complicated outlook for the country. Um, but at the same time, Millet will have to um, occasionally attract some factions of the center-right coalition and start doing politics. So he starts um, getting the necessary support he needs to remain in power. That's one thing. Um, he will likely have less than a third of um, Congress with him if he really is elected. So he will have to not only approve his agenda, but also shield himself from potential um, impeachment process, for instance. And does this outlook for 2024 change in the case of a Sergio Massa victory? I mean, I imagine that continuing this roller coaster that has been Argentina's economic policy is also a risk for both Argentina and Brazil. What is your assessment? Yes, yeah, so we we know Sergio Massa's leadership style. He has been in power as economy minister, but a very powerful one for over a year now. So um, we know what to expect from his government, an orthodox economic um, policies, but also a lot of support, political support, not only from Congress. He has... Um, his coalition has a very good number, um, particularly in the Senate. Um, also with labor unions, as I said, they are a very influential political group in, in Argentina. Um, also from the governors. So a, a positive outlook in terms of governability for Sergio Massa and also internationally, he has the support, for example, of um, the International Monetary Fund. He has good relations with um, the IMF. Um, of course, his, his recent economic measures that are very expansionary did not please the fund, but still he has good um, relations abroad. And this would be positive for Argentina in terms of um, some political stability. It's more predictable than Millet in the sense that we know what Massa leadership style is and we don't really know who Millet as a president we would be. Um, but still, we under Sergio Massa, we can expect um, economic difficulties to persist. Um, so this um, imbalance in commercial trade, for instance, that's something that he would want to tackle. So export more than um, Argentina currently imports. But um, the, the matter of fact is that we would see uh, Argentina with lack of dollars and um, lack of access to international markets as a consequence of the difficulties to pay off the monetary fund, the International Monetary Fund. Um, and of course, if Massa is elected, the relationship with Brazil would be very positive in the sense that he would have um, a good, a positive relationship with the Lula administration um, to carry out some 
initiatives like um, deepening integration between the economies and even facilitating international trade with the guarantee guarantees um, and even ad- adopt- adopting um, other forms of payment that are not only dollar but um, some other mechanisms to tackle Argentina's lack of um, foreign exchange reserve. So um, easier with Massa in some senses, but not particularly in political terms, but not in every way since um, economic hardship would prevail. Ahead of the runoff vote, um, Massa and Millet will fight for the 23% of votes that Patricia Buric obtained. And this means for Millet that he will have to um, attract moderate voters. And he will do that by refraining from controversial um, statements and also kind of um, giving some signs that he's willing to build these political alliances and um, finding some middle ground in his controversies. But he will do that at the expense of upsetting his most you know, loyal um, electoral base. Um, the, the concern right now is that Millet would become everything that he's been criticizing. He's been criticizing the political establishment, but he will need the political establishment to be elected. So this moderation um, in the electoral race is something that we will see from Millet, but we don't know if he would be a moderate president. Uh, this is still unclear. Massa is talking about um, a uh, unity government, so finding um, support across the political spectrum, regardless of the political party, regardless of ideology. And um, with this, he also intends to attract the moderate voters um, from Burich um, electorate that are likely um, cautious about Millet and the impacts of his the most radical proposals. Um, so it's going to be a, a fight, a narrative fight, and a fight for this um, chunk, large chunk of voters. And this means that um, political uncertainty and financial volatility will persist in Argentina. So we can expect um, political stability risks and also unrest risks um, ahead of the runoff vote. And right after the runoff vote, um, we are now now seeing um, a more polarized um, electoral race in the sense that um, Millet is far right. Massa is more pragmatic, but still the electorates, the electors are waiting for um, this decision. And yes. Very hard for Argentina, especially um, if uh, another devaluation of the peso um, is introduced um, this year. This directly impacts um, people's, you know, salary and costs of living in Argentina, and with this increasing social anxiety. Marina, thank you very much for your insight. Marina Pera is a political risk analyst from consultancy firm Contra Risks. If you like explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It takes only a second and it will help us reach a wider audience. Or better yet, subscribe to the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. 
Thanks to our subscribers, we have been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively, and our work has won and been shortlisted for several international journalism awards. More recently, our newsletters won the Best Newsletter Prize in the Americas from the World Association of Newspapers and News Publishers for a small or local newsroom. In order to keep doing that work, we need your support. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. Explaining Brazil will be back next week.